carrying on our authentic series. Everybody remember we're doing the authentic series? I hope so. And this week's look in this passage draws us to a subtitle of empowering to lead. As we're going to have a look at John chapter 21. Kevin this morning during the breaking of bread made me panic a little bit. As he said, let's turn to John chapter 20. Panicked. 21. We're in 21 this morning, so that's all right. I was a little bit scared, but uh, he just laid the foundation. So it was good. As we continue then to explore authenticity, let's just remind ourselves what authentic means. It said authentic is to be known as real, to be true and accurate as per the original. That's what it is to be authentic, to be true and accurate as per the original. Let's just cast our minds back. We had a look at a few items that are supposed to be what they say they are, but they're not really. You know, the fake Louis Vuitton print on a handbag, we've all seen it. I won't get to raise hands those that have owned one. The fake one, not the real one. (laughs) And those cars that sort of looked almost like the cars that they were meant to be, but on closer inspection you could see that they weren't quite as per the original. And remember then, we said to ourselves that if we want to know what authentic is and how to be authentic, we have to know where we're basing our lives, what we're structuring our lives upon. And we went back to the Word and we saw the Lord Jesus Christ showing us what it means and how to live in order to be authentic in a world that is completely full of things uh, that are counter that. We're learning, God willing, we're growing in Christ and we want to be authentic, to be real and true, living as God has called us to live. Listen, I know, like you do, that even though I've just said that little spiel, that I know it's not always easy. It's not always easy to portray, to live out, to be on the forefront all the time, to be authentic and to be real, because sometimes things come in and you think, Matt, I'm always authentic. Well, okay, you're one of the few, perhaps, that are able to be consistent all the time, but the reality is we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We all do things wrong. We say things wrong. Things slip out. But what we're asking for, what we're looking for and searching for is that God would show us through his word that he would teach us as scripture is useful as such 2 Timothy 3.16. And also that the Holy Spirit would help us and guide us with the word as we look with fresh eyes and a freshness in our heart that says, Lord, I want to learn. I want to grow. There's nothing better, is there, than if you're... I've had the privilege of of teaching people um, from a classroom uh, or a lecture room. um, And there's nothing better for a lecturer or a teacher, I'd imagine it's exactly the same, than a group of people that want to learn. There's nothing more lovely than a group of people that want to learn. And we can be full of classrooms of people that don't want to learn. And here in church, so often, we want people to have that joy, that freshness in their hearts and in their minds that we're willing, that we're ready, that we want to learn. Lord, teach me. Help me to grow. This is, they're good desires. They're good things for us to want. Lord, I don't know everything. Lord, show me. 
Lord, teach me, help me to have a spirit that wants to learn and wants to grow so that we can be empowered, we can be enabled to walk in line with the word. And last week we saw John chapter 13, how we're to love and to share and to serve with others around about us. So as we live as disciples for Christ, that we may go and help people to learn and grow as we have learned and we continue to grow, that we enable others to do that so that they can go on and do the same moving onwards. We're disciple making disciples. This is the challenge for us as his church. We don't just want people to come to church because it's a nice environment and that's fantastic, brilliant. But naturally we want to bring people on. We ourselves want to learn and grow, that the church would learn and grow. And then we would go out and share the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just me stood here, but all of us as we go about our daily business, that we share the good news, that we disciple others so that they too would be able to go on and do exactly the same. And that's how the church grows. That's how the Lord has grown his kingdom over the the centuries that have passed. Disciple making disciples. And yes, the chairs aren't too bad. That's a bonus. But even if they weren't the chairs, that we have the desire to come and learn. That's what I'm talking about. That desire that says, even if the cakes are rubbish, that I'll still come to church. Amen? The cakes I've heard are fantastic today. All right? That's all I'm saying. So we love, we share, and we serve, and we want to be disciple-making disciples. Now, today's passage is of value for us in the sense that it helps us to be empowered to lead. And being empowered to lead is something that is absolutely vital. So John chapter 21, and it's, it's 19 verses, and Peter here is after a time just not a a few moments ago of turmoil, of disappointment, but Jesus empowers him, even in the midst of his failure and his flaw, he empowers him to learn and to lead the other disciples that are, of course, then the early church. So let's go ahead and read these verses, and then I'll pray, and then we'll see what the Lord's got to say to us. So John chapter 21 and verse 1. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the two other disciples were there. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, But that night they caught nothing. Did a lot of fishing, not a lot of catching. Anybody else? (laughs) Not a great experience when it comes to fishing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Like he doesn't know the answer. Haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Surprise, surprise. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Now, first question, how bad were these fishermen? (laughs) There's a bit of a divine appointment happening, is there not? 
Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, who we might know as John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around himself, for he'd taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 metres. When they landed, clearly it was a Boeing, They saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This is now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, this is where it gets interesting, even more so. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, even where the fish are, on the other side of the boat. I may have added that bit. You know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask now that as we have read your word, Father, as we look into it, that your Holy Spirit might work, that lives might be changed. Father, you'd open up our hearts and our minds, that we'd see something more of your wonder and your beauty today. We thank you for the opportunity that we have. We pray, Lord, that you'd speak through me. And we pray, Lord, that it would just be abundantly clear how you want us to to go out into the world and to be authentic. Blessed as we pray, we ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, the first thing that we've got to to just try and get out in the open is you might sit there and you might think to yourself, Matt, I'm not a leader. I don't lead. So this passage for me is not really relevant. So I'm going to switch off and I'm going to think about what I'm having for dinner. Don't switch off for a moment. Let me just put this across you to begin with. Not all of us lead a church. Not all of us perhaps lead in a managerial role at work. Not all of us are perhaps a director or a CEO or a foreman. Not all of us are the head staff, the head nurse. Not all of us are that. But I would argue or put across to you this morning the natural fact that all of us in some way or another lead something. It might not be the classroom. But it might be the friendship group. It might just be the conversation, the way that it goes, the way that it's heading. It might be the house. 
the kids, the example that we're setting that they would follow in. Now, in one way or another, all of us, however young we are this morning, however old we are, at some point, we will leave something. And we have an opportunity in those moments to do one of two things. We leave in the wrong way, which is quite easy, or lead in the right way, which is usually the hardest of choices. To lead in the wrong way or to lead in the right way. As we unlock the story, just as we begin, what Peter does is he leads. He doesn't even know he's doing it. But Peter says, I am going out to fish. Peter is in default mode. He's forgotten who he is, remember, and he's forgotten whose he is. He's denied Christ three times. Yes, the Lord has appeared to the disciples. Yes, Peter has been there. But now, all of a sudden, it starts to get real for Peter. And of course, the reality kicks in. I'm a failure. I've got flaws. I'm going to go back to what I know. Who feels comfortable doing what they know? Everybody. We all feel comfortable with the things that we know. And Peter goes into default mode and he says, I'm going to go and fish because that's what I do. That's what I know. Albeit from this passage, as we deduce, not very well, Peter. But nevertheless, he gets in the boat and everybody goes, we'll come with you. Because Peter's a leader. He, he's a leader. Naturally, people follow. And you might be that person. Oh, I've never considered myself a leader at all. But people follow. So what you say matters. The way that you talk, the way that you behave, the way that you act around other people, it matters. Because what you do, others will do. The oldest child in the family, if there's more than one child, normally gets all that pressure. We say it to Jack so often, he's in here. Listen, if you do that, your brother will want to do it. Because you're naturally leading. Because that's what happens. And sometimes we don't realise, but that's what happens. We lead just by the way that we live. So Peter says, I'm going to lead, but I'm going to lead in the wrong way. We're going to go fishing. Oh, Peter, no you're not. What are you doing? So Peter goes out in the boat and they all get in the boat with him and they catch absolutely nothing. And by divine appointment, because Jesus needs to reinstate this man, by divine appointment, Jesus is on the shore. And Jesus shouts out, friends, have you caught nothing? No, we've caught nothing. <coughs> Listen, I'm no fisherman, but just drop your net on the other side of the boat. How awkward is that? Can you imagine that moment? Now they know because they've experienced this before. You can go back to Luke chapter 5 and you can see the similar sort of story happen when the disciples are first called. So now straight away John goes, hang on a minute. This has happened to us before. We've been told to put the net on the other side of the boat and we caught that many fish. The net broke. This has got to, it's got to be the Lord. Now Peter's reaction what does he do? Does he continue to fish? Come on, guys. As soon as John says, that's the Lord on the shore, what does he do? He wraps his cloak around him and he gets in the water. The very first reaction that Peter has is I need to go back to, because I've drifted, I need to go back to the source. I need to get myself back to the shore and I need to get back in front of an audience of the Lord Jesus. Because Peter has realised 
that Jesus is on the shore and Jesus is there and Peter is now about to get reinstated into a, a group, into a leadership role that I'm pretty certain he thought he had ruined. Anybody ever been in that position where they feel like they've just gone to that point where there's no way that God can use me? You know, church, there are so many testimonies of people up and down the country and throughout the world where you would think that they have done, they have done the worst of the worst and the Lord has called them out. You know, Saul, who became Paul, he was the worst kind of human being. An absolute zealot to the point where he was happy to imprison and kill, murder innocent people because he believed he was right. And the Lord called him and the Lord used him in a mighty way. And the question for you this morning is, you, do you believe that the Lord can use you? I can't put that on you. You have to know that the Lord is able to do that. Or you say to yourself, well, God's big and he's good, but he's not that big and he's not that good. You see, the decision's quite clear. He, he either can use you or he's not quite good enough and able to use somebody like you. And the reality is, as we look through the word, that God can use anybody. Listen, he can use a donkey. Amen? There's no need for a laugh. It's a bit uncomfortable, that. But the reality is that God can use you. Listen, church, he wants to use you. He wants you to be available. That's the only, and, and pardon the cliche, that's the only ability he needs. Availability. Lord, I am here. I am here. Lord, use me. What an incredible prayer that says, Lord, I'm willing to step into what you've called me to be. Now, Peter, in the first moment, has led quite poorly, but now, all of a sudden, he's led in a much better way because he's gone, if that's Jesus, I want to see him. What does everybody else do? They swing the boat around and they head to shore. Peter doesn't know it, but he's a leader. And he is leading by his example, by the way that he is living. It's a personal responsibility when we think about our own actions. I want to know the word more. I want to learn about God more. I want to pray more. I want to worship more. These are all personal things for you and me. But, listen, the way that we behave, as we've already said draws people to react in a similar way. If I want to search the word, I want to make sure I'm at Bible study, I want to make sure that I'm praying, I want to make sure that I'm singing as loud as I possibly can to drown out the terribleness at the front. I just want to give my all. Listen, it's attractive and people want to do the same. And people, even though you think you're not leading, you are leading by example. And that is what the Lord is calling us to here. The responsibility, of course, then increases that as we think about our outward look on the life that we're living, that other people are watching, that other people are seeing how we react, how we behave, that then that brings a responsibility. Leading at home, like we do with our children, we set an example for them to follow. Leading at work, perhaps, with kindness and consistency of those under our authority. Leading a conversation in the right direction, which is far harder than leading one in the wrong direction, yeah? It's far easier to, to slander everybody else around you. It's much harder to say, do you know what? They're actually really nice. It's really difficult because we're wired to do the wrong thing. For whatever reason, we choose continually the wrong path. 
So we can lead our friendship groups. And all of that takes effort. And it's a, a weight of responsibility. But Peter, in the passage that we've just read, he was on the journey back to the fold, if you like. After he denied Christ the three times. And Jesus takes time. And this is what I love about somebody taking the time to disciple disciples. Somebody taking the time, a leader, to take time out to empower others to lead. Jesus sets the scene for Peter. And I've talked about the fire, and you can have a look at that in John chapter 18 as well. And you can start to unlock all that's going off as Jesus shows Peter and brings him back to the moment where everything seemed to go wrong for Peter because his head took over his heart. And Jesus sets the scene. Peter, who was in default mode, is now back to wanting an audience with Jesus. And now Jesus pours into Peter like nothing you've ever seen before. He takes Peter to the very moment where he denied Christ, gently recalling the events past with the open fire, through uh, the, the, the coals burning and the threefold questioning where he asks Peter, do you love me? Now, what Jesus could have done in that moment is condemned him and chastised him and told him to get away from him. <laughs> and seemingly, from our point of view, he would do absolutely nothing wrong. Because Peter has denied who he is, he's denied whose he is, and he wanted nothing to do with him. But Jesus does not do that. He actually builds Peter up. He brings about for Peter the responsibility of, yes, what he's done. But now, Peter, there is something that I want you to do. Peter, I want you to lead. Peter, your failures and your flaws are not in the way of how big I am. How big God is. He is bigger than you and me. He is bigger than our failures and our flaws. He is able to work through each and every single one of us. And he questions Peter three times. To the point where John records Peter was hurt. Because Peter's going, you know I love you. Have I broken everything? And Jesus knew full well. Listen, when Jesus asks a question, have you caught any fish? He knows the answer. And Peter knew the answer at that point. The answer was no, I haven't caught any fish. Peter didn't know the answer. Do you love me, Peter? Yes. No, do you love me, Peter? Yes. Look, do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. You know, you know me. You know my heart. You are the Messiah. Of course you know I love you. Well, now you've realised it, Peter. You see, you know whose you are, and you know who you are. And that makes a difference. Because now Peter can be authentic. Because the moment of failure is done with. It's dealt with. The cross was enough. Amen? And it's the same for you and for me. That if we say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life. Lord, I am sorry for all that I've done wrong. That he is able to place our sins as far as the east is from the west. It's done with. It's finished. The cross, the work of the cross, the blood of the Lord Jesus is enough. It is enough. But we have to bring it. 
And then when we know whose we are and we know who we are, we are able to live authentic lives for Christ. You know, if we want to be authentic, if we want to have a desire to serve God in every area of our lives, we have to learn from the Word. And we've already been to James, we've seen it, know the Word, do the Word, apply it, live it. And I'm certain, absolutely positive, that God will empower us through His Holy Spirit to lead well in whatever area or capacity we find ourselves we shouldn't shy away from the moment because what we should be doing is shining a light on him. Amen? That we are who we are because of God. We are who we are because of the work of the cross. But what we have to do is know. As Peter needed to know, and there's so much more in the verses, so much more in the, the word love as we get it in just the, the one word that we know of love, if you want to go home and study it, have a look at what the word in Greek is, the different love that we get there. There's more than one. And that allows us to see even deeper what the Lord is trying to teach Peter. But let's know for us then this morning, as Peter then knew, know that we have the Spirit as we've accepted Christ as our Saviour. Know that we have the Spirit to help us, that we have the Word to teach us. And to be empowered to lead, not shying away from responsibility, but holding dear, holding tight to Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we again just want to thank you this morning for your word. And we pray, Lord God, that you would just encourage us through it that father as we digest it as we have conversations about what you've shown us today that lord that you would speak to us that you would open up our hearts and our minds to see something more in clarity father of all that you've done for us and all that you've got in hand for us father i pray that you would help us to lead authentic lives that father that we would push forward for you pushing out the dark and bringing in the light into all situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen.